Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Um, Father, we just pray that this morning as we look into Hebrews 8 and we recognize um, Jesus as the one um, we have sent um, as the new covenant, Father, that they would be able to uh, witness for you, that they would be able to make your name known, and Father, in everything they do, that um, your love would shine through them. So, Father, I pray that you'd fill them with your Holy Spirit. I pray that they would be encouraged. I pray that they would be safe. And, Father, I pray that they would come back with um, so many stories of the things that you're doing um, through them and through the team down in the DR. So, Father, we just pray safety for them this morning, um, safe travels, safe flights. And, Father, we pray that you will fill their hearts with joy. And it is from that joy, Father, that you would do your work through them. So, Father, would you bless them? And we commit them to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give it up for our DR team. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you. We love you. And thank you for going. Um, all right. That was fun. Uh, we are in Hebrews 8 this morning. Uh, I want to do something different. I would like to invite one of you guys to actually read it for me. So without, <laughs> I didn't prep this before time, but is there someone on here that would like to just read chapter 8 for us? Um, I'm just looking if I can see any volunteers there real quick. How about... Uh, Nicole, would, would you like to read for us? I'm not sure if that's possible. Yeah, I just I, I just unmuted myself. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. That'd be fantastic. Thank you. Sure. Thanks for volunteering me. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Hebrews 8. Um, I am an NIV person, so I'll um, be reading out uh, NIV. Um, starting with verse 1. Now the main point of what we are saying is this. Uh, we do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by mere human being. Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices, and so it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. If he were on earth, he would not be a priest, for there are already priests who offer the gifts prescribed by the law. They serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and a shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle. See to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant, 
of which he is a mediator, is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. Verse 7, for if there had been nothing wrong with the first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. But God found fault with the people and said, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant and I turned away from them, declares the Lord. Verse 10, this is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after the time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds. I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me. For the least, from the least of them to the greatest, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. By calling this covenant new, he has made the the first one obsolete, and with and what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. Thank you, Nicole. All right. So in the last few days, prior to Hebrews. Um, in the last week or so, we've, we've seen a lot of, uh, we've been in Leviticus, we've been all over the place, we've been um, studying sacrifices and what's acceptable and what's not and how to sacrifice. And in Hebrews, we've seen a big shift here, right, from the old way to the new way. Um, I'm going to focus on like the first 12, most of this chapter right now. So um, in the first part, it talks about um, finding fault. And in this passage, we're actually referencing Jeremiah 31. God is saying that there's something lacking with the old covenant because a new covenant is promised, right? So you don't promise something new unless there's something lacking with the old one. Now, in the days of Jeremiah, uh, the new covenant was a future thing. I was talking about the future because he wrote, behold, the days are coming. Um, in its context, um, Jeremiah's prophecy probably comes from the days of um, Josiah's renewal of the covenant, right? After finding the law, we're talking about two kings over there. Uh, the renewal was good, but it wasn't enough because even Jeremiah was looking forward to a new covenant. Okay. So a new covenant, right? So now we're in, let me just see where we are. Okay, so the covenant is new, not just merely new and improved, right? So I'm gonna talk a little bit about that. So how many things do you have in your house that are already obsolete or have been improved on in the last couple of years, right? Um, cell phones, um, devices, all kinds of stuff, right? It doesn't take long for things to become obsolete. Now, if you think about a, um, something like, a, I'm trying to think of a good example. Let's take a phone, for example. So you might have an iPhone 14 or whatever. It's not that different from the iPhone 13, right? It's new. And so there's a Greek word that describes that kind of new. So you would call that new and improved. It's not, 
it's not totally different from the previous model. So the Greek word here is neos, and neos refers to something that's new over time. So it's basically a newer model, essentially the same thing, but it's changed over time. Um, that is not the word that is used um, when they're talking about the new covenant. So there's another word, Greek word, um, kainos, that um, describes something that is new in reference to time, but it's also new in its quality. So substantially, it's new. It's not just new over time. So that's the word that's used here. So we're going to recognize that this new covenant isn't just like a new version. It's completely new. So the word tells us that it's new. It's not simply a reproduction of something that was there before. Okay, so um, the new covenant began with Israel, but it was never intended to end with Israel. So if we look at Matthew 15, 24, Acts 1, 8, right? Israel was the original recipients, but this new covenant is for all people. Okay, now the weakness of the old covenant was not in the covenant itself, right? It was actually the weakness of man. And the reason the old covenant didn't work, right, was because people did not remain faithful to the covenant, right? So it wasn't specifically the covenant itself, but our inability you know, to hold fast to that covenant. Um, he says, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. Now, the new covenant um, features this transformation from the inside, right? I'm not specifically regulation from external law. So he's saying, you know, before there was these laws and works, but now I want to write this on your heart. I want this to be an internally um, transforming covenant. Now, the old covenant had some characteristics where, you know, people would obey out of fear of God, right? Because they sinned against the old covenant almost immediately. If we look at the um, the Israelites' journeys, you know, the new covenant works obedience through the law written in their minds and in our hearts, right? So the difference is, this is heart and mind. It's not an acts or works-based covenant. Um, I will be their God and they shall be my people. So under the new covenant, we called into this greater intimacy with God, right? That was available under the old covenant. If we watch Moses and those guys, Moses was the one that would come and enter in the, into the tabernacle. He would come on behalf or Aaron or, you know, the priest had instructions on how they would come. But under this covenant, God is saying that, I will be your God and you will be my people. So he's calling us into this intimate relationship with him under the new covenant. Um, the phrase, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. So under this new covenant, um, we offered a complete freedom from sin compared to the old covenant, which talks about a covering, right? So, you know, you had your sacrifices, um, you had the blood that was shed, all of that was a covering 
um, for sin where the new covenant is a complete freedom from sin. So see the contrast there? Um, verse 13. So what's the significance of this new covenant? Um, by calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete. And this is actually written there. It says, and what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. So now that God has instituted this new covenant, he's saying all covenants obsolete. Those ways are obsolete. We don't have to do those things anymore because it had deficiencies. So the message was clear you know, to um, Christians from Jewish backgrounds that they couldn't simply go back to this inferior covenant, right? Because it was going away. So you can't go back to something that God is saying, it's no longer gonna be there. Um, most of you guys have computers or you know, your operating system, you'll get these notes saying, hey, that version will no longer be supported. Because a lot of us like to cling to some things that we think are you know, the best versions of something, right? <laughs> I see some finger pointing there. So it's like, well, this version works for me. I'm going to stick with it because I don't have any issues with it. But sometimes the manufacturer says, well, that's obsolete now. I'm not supporting that anymore. You can stick with it, but you're going to miss out. And it's the same with this new covenant. God is saying, don't cling to what's old because I have something new and better and improved because that old one is going away. It's now gone. And so that system of sacrifice under the law of Moses did vanish, did go away. Um, yeah, it coincided with the destruction of the temple yeah, and the Roman destruction of Jerusalem. But all those things were factors in basically the vanishment of that old way. Okay, so let's jump into the application here. So think about the things in your life that have become outdated, obsolete. Um, maybe some of them you like to hang on to. There's things that just can't keep pace, right, with modern developments and trends. But unlike those things, and this is just a fantastic thought, um, unlike those things and the old covenant, Jesus is always relevant and always has been. And for thousands of years, his love and his grace and his mercy has and still is timeless. Isn't that a great thought that we have Jesus who has established this new covenant for us that is unchanging and we can rely on him for everything we need. You know, people are not perfect. Um, our kids are not perfect. Our jobs are not perfect. Systems, um, governments will disappoint you. There's always going to be an imperfection. There's always going to be a trend of things going obsolete, right? But we can cling to Jesus and knowing that he is perfect and timeless. And he is the one that we should put our faith and faith in and hold fast to, right? Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Uh, <laughs> all right. So let's look at a few differences um, between the old covenant and the new covenant. I found this very interesting. So, of course, they were instituted at different times. So the old covenant, the old covenant was around uh, 1400, 1500 BC. 
the new covenant was established with Jesus, right? So around 33 AD. So different times, different experiences. Um, also, also different places. So old covenant at Mount Sinai, new covenant, uh, Mount Zion, you know, those areas. Um, but there's a few other things that are a lot more significant. So they were spoken in different ways. So the old covenant was kind of steeped in, well, it was spoken with thunder and fear and dread at Mount Sinai, right? So um, there was this fear and like thundering that came along with this old covenant, which kind of speaks to judgment, like don't do this. But with Jesus Christ, the new covenant, God God declared the new covenant with love and grace. So that is defining uh, mark of God's new covenant with us is love and grace. Um, they have different mediators, right? So the old covenant was mediated by a man, Moses, and he was immortal. He was just a human. So, of course, limited, um, sinful. And then our mediator now, of course, is Jesus, who is the mediator of the new covenant. Okay, they are different in their subject matter. Uh, the old covenant had this uh, covenant of works, so there was things they had to do. And the new covenant um, is fulfilled through the complete work of Jesus, right? So no work of our own. It's already fulfilled through the complete work of Jesus. Um, these two covenants were different in how they were dedicated. So the old one was dedicated through um, the blood of animals, sprinkling of blood, all kinds of weird stuff, stuff that none of us really want to do um, or don't have to do. And the new covenant was dedicated with Jesus's blood, um, his sacrificial death, right, which is spiritually for all people. So he has already done that for us. Yeah, let's talk about um, the priest. Um, so our covenant is represented by the priesthood of the law of Moses and the high priest descended from him. The new covenant is the priesthood of all believers um, and a high priest who is Jesus, of course. And the Bible likes to use this phrase according to the order of Melchizedek. We don't know a lot about, but it's this priestly order that we all invited into under the high priest who is Jesus. Okay, so the sacrifices are different. Um, the old covenant demanded endless repetition of imperfect sacrifices, right? There were so many rules and regulations around that. Um, the new covenant provides a once and for all perfect sacrifice of the son of God himself. So Jesus has done the work for us. Um, they are different in how they were written. So the Old Covenant was written by God on tablets of stone, like there were rules. Um, and following that, there were endless rules on how to do things. The New Covenant is written by God on the hearts of his people. It's written on our hearts, right? Um, it is accessible through us. It lives in us. As God says, I will be your God and you will be my people, right? So it is a part of us. Um, they are different in their goals. 
Right. The goal of so this is interesting. The goal of the old covenant was to discover sin, to condemn it, and kind of put a fence around it. The goal of the new covenant is to declare the love, is to declare the love, grace, and mercy of God. You see the difference there? To give repentance, remission of sin, and life, right? So discover, condemn under the new covenant. Love, grace, and mercy is ours. And through that, we experience repentance, remission of sin, and eternal life. Okay. Now, these covenants were also different in the giving of the Holy Spirit, right? So under the old covenant, the Holy Spirit was given to certain people for certain duties. But under the new covenant, the Holy Spirit is poured out freely on all who are receiving by faith, right? So you see the difference where we we all have full accessibility to everything God has for us. Um, these covenants are different. Um, in the, this one's not really that important, but it's just interesting. They're different in the administration. So the old covenant was confined to the descendants of Abraham through Isaac and Jacob. You know, according to the flesh, the new covenant extends to all nations and all races under heaven. So there's no limitation. There's no um, exclusions under the new covenant. Um, okay, so the the two covenants were different in what they could actually accomplish. So the old covenant um, made nothing perfect. It did a job for a moment. The new covenant can and will bring in the perfection of God's people. So the new covenant it calls us into their journey. And, you know, as Christians, um, we are set aside, right? And we are sealed through the Holy Spirit. And we will never be perfect. But that journey of walking through with Jesus under the new covenant um, is the journey of sanctification, right? And that, that is us becoming and growing to be like Jesus. We will never be Jesus. We will never be fully like Jesus, but we grow in that process, in that journey, until we one day will join him um, as new creations you know, in heaven. But we continue that journey, and we're able to go on that journey under this covenant. Uh, they are different in their duration. So the old covenant was designed to prepare the way for the new covenant and then pass away as a principle of God's dealing with men. The new covenant was designed to last forever. So it is something that will be with us forever. Okay. So we've said a lot of things about old and new covenants. What's the main point here? So hopefully you've picked up a few things here, but here's, I think, so after seven chapters, we get this chapter eight, and there's a lot of focus on um, Jesus, the high priest, and I think that's where we need to keep our focus. <coughs> so I think here's the bottom line. We do have a high priest that is perfect, right? God has given us Jesus. We have a priest who's able to save us completely. Unlike the old covenant, Jesus can do everything. We, he's already done everything we need. 
Um, so we need to focus our thoughts on him. We need to hold fast to him and have confidence in him because he is that high priest that we can rely on. Um, he is our priest not only because he lives forever, but because he has been exalted to a position, right, of royal and spiritual power, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up set up by the Lord, not by a mere human being. So that excites me that it's qualifying, not that he needs to be qualified, but the word qualifies who Jesus is and what he can do for us. Um, this picture, you know, of Jesus on high, um, no earthly priest can match up, right? Um, any priest on earth can only picture and imagine who Jesus is. He is the reality forever, not a temporary imitation. So whatever you're dealing with today, Jesus is the true high priest that we can hold fast to. Um, in... I believe it's First Peter 2. Let me just verify this because I just copied this without thinking. I think it's First Peter 2. Let me just check this reference real quick. I'll let you guys find the reference, but I think it's... The verse says this, it says, um, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you, right? He says, bring me your problems, bring me everything you have to worry about. And let me just get a reference for you. I had it and then I lost it. 1 Peter 5, 7. Okay, so that's... Cast all your anxiety on him, all your cares on him, because he cares for you. And so that is the high priest that we have this morning. That is the high priest that God has put in place under this new covenant. Um, hold fast to him. He's the only one um, who will endure. He's the true high priest. And he's the one that can answer our problems. So everything else will become obsolete. Friendships, cars, phones, people. But Jesus will not. And so I just want to encourage you this morning, whatever you're going through, uh, bring it to him because we have the privilege and the honor to live um, in this new covenant that God has established with us. You know, get an amen? Feeling okay? All right. This has been fun. I want to pray for you guys. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, I see how DR friends are still there, I'm probably still traveling to the airport. So um, keep us updated, DR friends, if you can. I'm not sure what your access will be, but we're looking forward to hearing from you guys. And let's pray. Thanks, guys. Um, Father, we thank you that we have a high priest that is situated in heaven at, at the right hand of the Father. Father, we thank you that under... And Jesus, you've established a covenant for all people, all nations, all races um, that endures forever, that is perfect. And through the work of um, Jesus Christ on the cross, we have 
access to grace, grace, mercy, repentance, remission of sin, and life eternal. Father, we thank you for this new covenant um, that endures forever, that is better, um, and that because of Jesus, we can hold fast to um, him, him who is unchanging, um, Jesus, who is our high priest, who is the high priest of all priests. And so, Father, we we just thank you. We cast our burdens unto you this morning, knowing that, you know, the temporary, temporal things of earth will pass away. But, Father, if we cling to you and if we um, cast our burdens unto you and leave them at your cross, Father, you will bring healing, you will bring hope, you will bring new life. Uh, you'll bring joy. So, Father, we commit ourselves to we to you. Father, we commit each issue, each uh, problem that anyone on this Zoom might be thinking about this morning. And, Father, we trust you for what you will do in our lives. We are grateful. We thank you. We love you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Enjoy.